0: You guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products, from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And when I say hoses, I literally mean like thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And guess what? But snow is coming, and we already have a bunch of it. It's mostly melted now, but it will be back. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snowplows. DRC can cut to size and pre slot most snowplow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few months back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys make some awesome stuff, including proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that cut out pieces that go in bulletproof vests and actually stop bullets. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any snowplow, custom gasket, hoses, or anything else made out of rubber that you might need. You can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com and tell them who sent and Cole gets another good righty and another right by cole, a left by Cole this time, tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars Nathan McKinnon Col J T Comper 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer! Move Picasso this piece of art is by McKinnon my goodness gracious Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online at mygreensolution.com and reserve products for pickup. Head to your local TGS Express checkout and you'll be in and out in minutes. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph, he's AJ Hayfley. We are coming at you live. After the Avs straight up beat down the Nashville Predators, let's begin the show by starting it as you heard. With Perd says, AJ, was that not just awesome?
1: Yeah, I uh, I, I stopped before I left last night as I was walking out of the arena. I stopped and I looked at the scoreboard, nine to four,
0: nine to and, four, and like what was it? I think forty-five to twenty-four in shots yeah. on goal. That the Avs had forty five shots on goal, and they shot twenty percent on the night. It's not bad that speaks for itself, I think, yeah um we'll get into all of the absurdness of the second period, but <laughs> mm-hmm. let's start with the positive that I was looking for more out of this game in that the Avs started the game on time yeah. and they looked ready to play,
1: yeah, I mean, first shift of the game they they came out flying and they, they got out there, and they immediately dictated pace and uh,
0: got part of a change, and then they score 49 seconds into the game. Yeah. Kale McCarr getting on the board, who now, he leads the Calder points race by, like, five points, I think. Four I think. points, 15 to 11. Is it? Is it fifteen to eleven? Yeah, okay. the the dude from Toronto that came out of nowhere and Quinn Hughes are both at eleven. Yeah, Olafson hasn't scored in like five games or something now, so no. that Go- Gol is no more. That dream is dead, and and yeah, Quinn Hughes is a bum compared to Kale McCarr as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Scrub life. Um, the defense I thought looked much better throughout the game, particularly on the breakout. Granted, Nashville did not forecheck heavily. At all, how much of that is is an adjustment from the Avs D, and how much is that just a better matchup stylistically? It's always it's
1: always tough to know where one team's success begins and another yeah. team's shortcomings. Um, kind of they merge up. together. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to know you know which one is contributing more, but we know that Colorado definitely handled the puck better last night. Uh, they had a more controlled breakout. Uh, they they weren't throwing pucks in each other's feet as often. They weren't setting each other up for failure by you know lobbing the 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 grenades at each other that they had been the last couple of games where sure you got a breakout pass to a teammate, but that guy immediately receives that pass and it's either it was either poorly placed or it was in a situation where he was not able to do anything with it. And it's like, okay, great, you got the puck there, but there's nothing being accomplished with us. Yeah. No offense is getting generated. If you're lucky, all that's happening is that he's making sure that icing doesn't happen and then you guys are going and chasing the puck and trying to get it back. And that's yeah, that's not productive. You know, there's there's a time and a place for that. And it's the third period of a game in which you're you go in leading eight to three (laughs) and you're all about that. Yeah, right. That's exactly how you want to play. Five goal lead is a little bit of
0: a different scenario. (laughs) That's exactly how you
1: wanted to play in that third period. But when you're trying when you're in a competitive phase of the game, that's not what you're after. Yeah, it's not. It's not how you want to play. And they they were much more productive in playing as a cohesive offensive unit last night. Uh, generating scoring chances, and you know, I mean, they they dominated the first period and walked out of there uh, up to Eight, eighteen
0: to six or something. I think shots right, were, and so. it,
1: and it wasn't uh, it wasn't like heavily power play tilted. You know, it was it it was like the the Dallas game but reverse. Except they they gave Dallas four power plays, right, and the Avs didn't have that, uh, and they, I mean, they just dominated at even strength, first and second period. I think um, I think they they had a I think it was twenty two to six in scoring chances at five v five. Absurd between the first two periods and high danger chances was ten to one. At five v five, yeah, and so I mean that's that's crazy. Like that is, that is a you have absolutely annihilated the opposing team, and for that game to have been two to two at one point was a it was a crime against humanity
0: three to two nashville yeah well
1: and and that was less so but it was it was the second goal that they gave up where it was like
0: here we go again and
1: well and i I looked at evan and i was like it meant nothing yeah i was like it all it was all for nothing they had a great first period all the confidence and all of that now it's they're sitting at two two they have no lead they have no momentum what's done is already done and it hasn't gotten them the lead that they needed in order to feel good about themselves. And then they gave up the lead and then then they were trailing. And we talked on yesterday's pod. I said, they need to get into the second period and not be down.
0: Yep. And. And they were five minutes into the second. They were. And then the next shift happened. Yeah. Thankfully, Matt Duchesne scored that goal. So the Avs weren't having any of that.
1: I, you know, there was a lot of talk last night, but it, it sure did look <laughs> like there were some guys that just said, this is not happening. We're not We're not sitting through this. Like, a losing streak is one thing. Losing in Dallas to the Stars is one thing. This is not taking place tonight <laughs> in our building. Unacceptable. This, we, no. He did not just celebrate like that in this building. Five minutes into the second period, like, it felt like the entire team just was like, mm, "We're we're not doing this. This ain't it, Chief." Yeah, and they and, well, and who did they put out on there? They put out McKinnon on the ice immediately. Yep, and he was,
0: he was Nathan McKinnon,
1: unbelievable last night. And I remember I, I went to morning skate and I was watching him fly around and I was like,
0: "Boy, he looks like he is on a different level right now." Nathan McKinnon turned a hockey game into a basketball blowout game where he just didn't have to play the third period. Straight up. It was load management. Yeah. That's all it was.
1: He was like, nah, we're good. I got my four points. It's fine. Yeah. He got his, man. I mean, he was dominant last night. Just destroyed. And... That's even with a, with some defensive imperfections.
0: Yeah, I, look, the game was far from perfect, despite the eight minutes of glory. Right, but like, after the Duchene goal, you felt awful. Yeah, and then
1: you know, if you just started watching the game from the shift after the Duchene goal, <laughs>
0: right, the Abs were the best team in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. They had, well, I think, it was three goals in a minute thirty-one. Yeah, four goals in two minutes and 21 seconds. And then I forget the exact number, but it was five goals in less than five minutes. Yeah. They were scoring a goal a minute. Yeah. And then they finished with six and eight. Yeah. Six and exactly eight. And it's like, I, I cannot remember a time I've ever seen that happen in any hockey game ever. I mean, there are some insane records about like
1: fastest three goals scored in like seven. Yeah. Seconds or three something. goals, but six, right. But uh, six goals in eight minutes is, crazy I mean, like you're getting lit up
0: that doesn't even happen in like junior games
1: <laughs> Dude, and and it didn't even they made the goalie change and uc sorrows comes in zero difference
0: first shot he yeah. gives the first
1: shot against him goes in and you're just like they're not done <laughs> yeah. they've got this is this is a bloodletting yeah <laughs> like, this is two games two goals in three games this is all yeah. that pent-up frustration saving from it last up. week this is. They they were like, nope. They shut see- the beer can and they, <laughs> they were like, oh, UC Soros is it great? Let's see if we can run him too. Let's see if we can get them get to put the Pequenete back in. <laughs> so and they and I mean they just dis- they just dismantled them, dude. It was nasty.
0: Yeah, I mean, on really truly something that I believe we will not see again for a very very long time. Well, and we're standing down
1: in the tunnel and the crowd is chanting we want 10 yeah and I I couldn't make it out I was I I could hear we want and then I didn't know and it was a totally spontaneous chant it wasn't like they put it up on the board and we're like we want 10 like the crowd was just like we want 10 <laughs> it was it was seriously it was like a Roman gladiator crowd where they were they wanted blood more man. blood yeah <laughs> like it was like no we, we they like they announced Duchesne scored the goal, and it was like boo, boo, boo. And then when he took that penalty late in the third, that led to the Doddscoy hat trick, like the place is just like filled up with them booing him, and it was like. <laughs> This game is decided. Matt Duchesne takes a needless penalty, and the crowd is still just like, "Let it all out. Just let it out."
0: Joe Sackick stands up
1: and gives the thumbs no. down. Like, <laughs> the, the, straight up, did the commodus. and and it was, dude, it was crazy. It was seriously, it was so cold blooded last night. Like it was, it was everything that a, a team in a in a funk and feeling bad about itself needed on yes. one night.
0: Yes, straight up. You're looking for a way to forget about a five-game losing streak, <laughs> nine goals in a game will do it real fast. Well, and against the, the, the
1: team that was right ahead of you in the division, yep. and suddenly you're like,
0: oh, no, we've we
1: the, the Avs have gone from they were up in the division and they were up several points on all these teams, and now they've slid all the way back, and now you wake up today and you're like, all right, well, they're tied with Nashville for second.
0: Yeah. Not so bad after all, is it? Yeah, you're like, maybe I don't hate looking at the standings right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, nine goals, definitely something we can drink to as we both have our pre-noon beers here on the live show. But, hey, Breckenridge Brewery earned this one. They are the official beer of DNVR, and when you have a beer named after the Avalanche and the Avs score nine goals, well, you got to drink it. That's just the rules. But they've also partnered up with Never Summer to hope host opening day for the ski and snowboard season. It's an event going down tomorrow night at Punch Bowl Social from a six to eleven PM it's basically just going to be an awesome party celebrating. You can now go up to the mountains and, and get on the slopes. They will be having a bunch of live events, including the Gin Doctors up on stage playing a bunch of sweet music. They'll have karaoke, and they'll be giving away some awesome stuff, including an artist series snowboard, epic passes for the season, and even a bunch of other free and free ski and snowboard gear from 720 Board Shop. So, Highly recommend getting out there if you can. Again, that's at Punchbowl Social from 6 to 11 p.m. Saturday, November 9th, which is tomorrow. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, still presented by The Green Solution. Is Matt Calvert the answer to the top line? Matt, Matt Calvert is what
1: Dennis the Menace turned into all grown up. I okay Yeah, uh, I think he he is the hockey player version of that of that little monster running around. Uh, He might even work harder than Dennis the Menace to cause trouble. Honestly, maybe I there was one shift last night and it was right before he scored where (coughs) he tipped tipped a puck in the neutral zone. Just just tipped it like didn't didn't stop it or anything. It was just he got in the way of it, disrupted their flow. And then they tried to pass it back to their defenseman to reset and he kicked the puck. And it was just like everywhere that he was was right in the middle of what they were trying to do. Yep. And he was just he was all over the place last night. And <clears throat> you know, we know we know the limitations of Calvert. We know that it's not a super high skill game. And that, you know, the the finishing ability, you know, all these different things keep him from being a like a tip-top NHLer, right? But that dude is maximum annoyance. Like hard, hard to argue. Yeah, he he's fast and he works so hard, and he just gets the absolute most out of what he has to offer, and he creates so much havoc for the opposing team. I of all the guys on the Avs that I don't think I would want to take a shift against. Like uh, I that's a guy
0: where I just see him get on the ice and I'm like, Oh god. Is is that kind of what the top line was missing though, once Landiskog went out, someone to do a bit of that hard work, dig the pucks? Because Donskoy was in that role for a time and it, clearly there were some limitations. There. Yeah. You know, I mean they had Nieto do the same thing
1: and Nieto's a very similar player. Right. Uh, I just think everything went really well last yeah, night. Hard to argue that but, too, yeah. Like, if you put Matt Calvert next to Nathan McKinnon over the course of 15, 20 games, how many times do they look like they did last night? You know, it'll be hard to replicate. Less than one, probably. Yeah, like, it'll be hard to replicate that kind of success. Yeah. You know, even getting halfway there um, is going to be a work in progress, but, you know, that— when it when something works, when you're jumbling everything up like the way that the Avs have the last and two games, and you find something, right, yeah. you're doing it because you're hoping to find something. All right, they found a couple of somethings last night. Now run it back. Just try
0: it again. See how consistent see, it can be, and
1: see you know, okay, if if everything worked last night, and then in the next game, half of those things still are working. You're still feeling pretty good. Okay, well and then, and then you just keep whittling it. Okay, oh, now it's been four games. This is what's these still are, working. These yeah. are the things that are still working, and then we'll continue to tweak all the others until we can continue, you know, until we find a little bit of consistency somewhere in the lineup. And then hopefully Mikko Rantanen comes back.
0: Let's talk about some of those other things that worked. Okay. Specifically, some of the new ones. Tynan picked up an assist. Him. I mean, I know it was the cheapest assist I was, ever. I but was going to say. It, it's one more assist than Jason Megna had. It's a feel-good assist. It get is, absolutely. On the ninth goal. But he helped like, Donskoy get a
1: hat trick, technically. Yeah, te- very technically. Donskoy helped Donskoy
0: get a hat trick. Yeah, he did that by himself, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. but, look, but they gave assists was just like the NHL being they like, They did seem we cool. a little, or Bednar at least, seemed a little more open to trying Tynan in situations. Unlike Magna, who was really just five on five, strictly difference in situation, in game situation
1: though. You it is I'm not. I mean, he got a little bit in in non garbage time too, is right? What I'm but that, that's that's what I'm. That's my point though, is that they were. He was not on the ice in any of the forty five seconds in which they were trailing. Yeah,
0: you know, he didn't play.
1: He didn't play any after they'd made it two two. He was on the ice when they were leading, yeah. and that was a situation. Megna never got that experience. That's, the Avs really he doesn't know what it's like <laughs> to be an Av who's leading a game. Unfortunately <laughs> so, true. you know, that's that was a little bit different where, <clears throat> you know, Tynan got the benefit of the team playing much better. Yeah. And, like, I liked him. I thought he looked fine. I thought that, he, you know, he's he is who he is. You know, he's a dynamic skater. He's a smaller guy. He's got good vision, good passing ability. He can he can facilitate for the guys around him. He's not going to score a whole lot. But I'm – you know, I I just – there's not really a comparison just because the situations that they got put into, you know, Tynan had every advantage imaginable. Yeah. And then gets the freebie assist and, you know, hey, he can he's – he's got an NHL point and nobody will ever be able to
0: take that away from him. Even if Donskoy kept the puck. <laughs> Hat trick versus first point, right. definitely. A, I saw you tweeted out, cut it in half, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> which I was kidding, and people were like, if you "They go should and, cut it in half." Well, if you go, if
1: you go and you look at the responses to that, they're like, Don't go is the veteran; he'll no. cut it." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, it's okay, guys.
0: I mean let's let's be real. Tynan was the red herring here, anyway. The guy I really want to talk it's, about is that. It, is that a joke about his hair? No, but it just worked out quite well. He looks like JT Confer's doppelganger. If JT was about 20 pounds lighter and it, a couple right. inches shorter. Like, yeah. like when they were
1: next to each other in the locker
0: room last night, I was like, holy smokes, Long-lost is... brothers or something. Yeah, I was
1: like, whoa, okay.
0: Yeah, um, but the guy that I really wanted to talk about and someone I believe has a chance to have a longer-lasting impact on the abs is Vlad Kamenev. <sighs> First of all, that kid's a player. Did he make that pass to Burakovsky on purpose? Hundred percent, off the glass, hundred percent, flipping it out to the neutral zone to create a two-on-one, one hundred percent. And he because he waited for it. Is he a top five passer can, on the Abs right now? You can like, see it.
1: You you watch it. If you go back and you watch it, he's waiting.
0: Yeah, he, he takes his that time. and
1: he's like, oh look at that, <laughs> and he goes and he gets it done. Like, it was 100% on purpose. That was not just like a, oh, I'm just going to chip this and,
0: oh, hey, look, my teammates made something awesome out of this. No, that happened on purpose. No, I mean, th- seriously, he's one of the best passers on the abs then. Well, and, and – uh, This is after the pass I, to Calm for the other night too. Well, and
1: I have not caught as many of the uh, practices and morning skates as, as necessary as, you know, my life has been hectic over the last yeah, month. Yeah. But – Even in the ones that I have seen, I have consistently seen this guy, especially on – during special teams practice. He's the only guy on the second unit – like, we talked about this yesterday on the pod. He's the only guy on the second unit with the ability to make that Royal Road pass. And he's been able to do it consistently. It's just that Confer's on the other side and, like, that's not what he does. Like, he's he's a good shooter. In the NHL, but he's not like a winded up and fire a one timer. He's more you know, on the rush type, yeah. right? He's a transition, pick a spot, and you know, yeah, go bar down on a guy and not just I'm just gonna blast one past a goaltender. Yep. <clears throat> but Kamenev's Kamenev's passing ability and his vision are definitely high end, and we saw it. I mean, this was a guy that had what thirty some odds assists in the AHL. Yeah, the last time he was healthy. He got into, like, one game for the Rampage back in the day, and he had multiple assists. Yep. And, like, this is what he does, is he facilitates offense. He's got a decent shot, as we saw last night when he tattooed the post (laughs) uh, off a feed from Nichushkin. but who's never scoring again. No, yeah, that's... But, I mean, even getting an assist at this point would feel like he's climbed a a large mountain. (laughs) Um, But it's... You know, with with Kamenev, like it's it's all of the different things that made him attractive as a prospect when they went and got him. We've just had to wait two years for this, and we saw yeah. pieces of it last year.
0: And once he got into a rhythm a little yeah. bit, yeah. I mean, he had
1: he had I think five points in twenty three games. Yep. And you know, one of those was a multi point game and a blowout over L A. But now he's got points in back to back games, and I you know I would be surprised if like a point streak started here. Where he goes four or five games in a row, but it it's possible. And what I really liked last night was that he was physically engaged. He that was his big problem in preseason, especially took a big he took a big hit on the shoulder, and then got up and was totally fine. Yep. And it seemed to it seemed to energize him a little bit, and and maybe he just needed that. Maybe he just needed to take that hit. You know, we hear football players talk about it all the time you not healthy especially. until you know it's healthy. Yeah. You know, quarterbacks and running backs, they don't take that first hit on the knee that was surgically repaired. There's always a little bit of lack of trust there. You always kind of instinctively guard it a little bit. Yep. And We might have seen some of that with Kamenev because once he took that hit behind the, his own net last night, he seemed to just – it just seemed to knock some of the cobwebs loose, and he was out to get guys after that. He – you know, the big hit that he had on Arvidsson – Behind the, yeah. the internet where, yeah. you know, it might have been a little bit late. But, he's you know, he's protecting his guys. He's doing his thing. And, you know, he lays them out. And it's like that just personality-wise has not been him. And he was feeling it a little bit after the game. He was walking around and 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 talking with some of the guys. And you could tell that there was a different level of confidence there. And it was not just a... Ooh, I got to be part of a fun team win it was like I'm playing I'm playing pretty well I'm I'm feeling myself right now
0: a lot of positives to take out of this for him it's obviously never a fan of injuries but for someone like Kamenev that gives him an opportunity to play legitimate minutes and get opportunities he otherwise wouldn't and so far it's going to be real hard to take him out of this lineup when people get healthy the big problem is the center wing conversation, right, exactly.
1: Like, and I'm and sorry, but I would just move Belmar to the wing.
0: We already know Belmar can play left wing, yeah. right?
1: So just and it's not like he's been so good on face offs. You know that's one he of the really has brought, Yeah, he's been bad at it, and it's just like, look, if guy's gonna be bad at it, then just have him do that. Yep. Or you know, just have him go in and take the face off, and then you know we've seen that with Landeskog for years now. He takes the face off and then moves.
0: Right. It's the Avs have never really shied away from doing weird things in the face off circle and just resetting yeah. their setup afterwards. It's, it's just I mean, he's he's
1: already outscored Nichushkin on the season. Yep. You know, he's already got more points production and like I'm and I'm I don't want it to seem like I'm going out of my way to bag on the guy. Nichushkin is involved in at least one scoring chance a game. Sometimes two. Kamenov just clearly has more talent in the bag. Right. He's just got he's just got a, a cleaner game. He's a more talented player right now. And that's, you know, he's he's finding ways to contribute and get it done despite the role changing. And Nechushkin is not. I mean, he's still sitting on one point on the season, I believe. So Yeah. You know, and and look, mm-hmm. 85 straight games without a goal. At some point that stops being a fun stat and starts being like just depressing. I mean, like, okay, it's, now it's at eighty five. What do you say when that thing gets to a hundred? Right. It, at what point is it just like? At what point? At what point do do we finally have to admit that we were right about this one over the summer, where it was like, this was this was the fear yeah. is that he would get into a bunch of games. He wouldn't do a whole lot, you know. And hey, I say wouldn't do a whole lot. There's not a lot of negative happening without him there, out out there either. It's just Sheldon
0: Dries again, right?
1: Right. Like, if you're not getting any point production and nothing bad is happening, like, you're getting by. Yeah. But, like, this was an area that should be a strength for this team once they start to get back to healthy, which, of course, right now, when you're missing a quarter
0: of your forward lineup, You're not helping. It's a player that is perfectly fine in your lineup when you're missing three forwards.
1: Right. Like, he's a good 15th forward. Yeah. I don't have any issue with him in the lineup right now as a 15th guy. It's like, okay, whatever. But the fact that you're playing to and Tynan and, you know— Tynan slash Megna slash the other insert whatever six vets like, that you have to fill this role. It's it's just sort of weird that, you know, with Kamenev at center and Bowers at center. And those are the guys that you would want to call up. Yep. I, you know, like Bowers is the guy right now. You know, Cowd is hurt. Hasn't had a great start to the year. AJ Greer went off and had a total serial killer meltdown in <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah. Where it's like you can't you can't reward that guy for that. Yeah. Like you can't. He can't go out there and do something incredibly dumb and selfish and then be like, All right, we're gonna call you up. <laughs> you know, like you just can't reward that behavior. So they're in a weird spot where
0: None of the prospects have truly earned it. I right, I, I and, would argue for Bowers, but that's a different podcast. Well, to, and
1: and I think they're they're getting there. Yeah. Like he showed up. Right. And I think he's gotta build on it now and we'll
0: we'll see. I I'm I totally – Shane Bowers will play an NHL game this year. I believe it for sure. Uh, All right. Our second segment's gone a little bit long here, but one guy we haven't mentioned is Andre Burakovsky, and if he keeps getting three-point nights, he's going to make a lot of money. And if you want to earn a little bit of money on the side, here's the easiest way you can add a few bucks to your wallet. Denver's newest travel hack is here – Drift shares locally-owned cars with incoming travelers at Denver Airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book, or you can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under-25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming into town. Drift is also great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel like a semester abroad. Allstate Insurance covers your car every single trip, and Drift cleans it inside and out. That's right, even if your car isn't rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon arrival. Get all the info on drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. All right, final segment here, obviously leading with Burakovsky, the assists were nice. I, I appreciate him getting involved in the offense after a bit of a dry spell. But and the first assist, I don't even remember what he did. Yeah, right. It was a total ghost assist
1: where I was like, ah, I don't know. When and his name popped up on the board, I was like, okay, sure.
0: And the second one was, here you go, Don Skoy, go get a hat trick. Yeah, well, and then obviously the goal. But the goal, was, the goal is exactly what Burakovsky should be doing. Right. Every single time, two-on-one situation. Everyone in the building knows he's the one they want to shoot it. He shoots it and he still scores it. Right. So I mean, just beat a goalie. Right. That's why you're here.
1: Exactly. So, That's why they went and got you. That's why they gave up two picks for you. He's on his way to his twenty. The twenty goal season. We thought that he was he was capable of. Right. It. <clears throat> you know, and that that comes with he had a lull there. Absolutely, every player
0: has a lull. Right. Uh, Alex Ovechkin <clears throat> doesn't score in at least thirty games a year. So. <laughs>
1: That's. Insane to think about that. That guy,
0: I know, arguably the greatest goal scorer ever. Yeah, is gonna not score in thirty plus games a year, right? And this is, you know, this was a guy. I think he had nine
1: points in the first eight games, where we were like, "Whoa, like this will not continue." Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go through those. Stre- every every guy in the league is streaky. There isn't anybody out there that just keeps. You know the the only the only guys who are capable of that are like the top five players in the game, like the elite of the elite of the
0: elite. 2020 Av Taylor Hall, for example. No. I mean, he had a 30 something game point streak. Get out of here. (laughs) I don't want to get into this. I don't either. I was mostly supposed to be a joke. (laughs) Don't. Don't with the Taylor Hall stuff. I woke up
1: to Taylor Hall stuff today.
0: That uh, we seriously on the question show on Wednesday, like 15 questions were all just one of them was just a picture of Taylor Hall's face. There was no question. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. Save it for the deadline. We'll no, deal with I mean, it then. It's,
1: it's not going to be at the deadline. It's already happening now. Like I've someone's going to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been digging around, and there's there's already. I mean, those those wheels are already in motion. Well, so. now that you've said that, it's going to really. And up not. Up. And <laughs> I don't mean the Taylor Hall wheels are in motion. Just I mean things. I are mean happening. teams are teams are like, okay, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> we are scouting. <laughs> Gotta certain, fix this problem. We are scouting yeah. certain teams to see you know, if we're willing to move some of these guys that they're that we're taking calls on. Gotcha. so That stuff has already started because some of these teams are out of it already. They're bad.
0: Ain't no rest for the wicked, I guess.
1: And, you know, as much as I got yelled at yesterday and told that Detroit won't move any of its young players, that's a bad hockey team. Yep. And those young players, uh, as Detroit's best, they'll never do anything. So, you know, they... they they are the team to watch, I think, when, you, when you're when you talking about um,
0: getting that ball rolling. What, who are we talking here? Like, double A? We will talk about Burakovsky first. Okay. Well, We won't talk about that at all. We'll save that because, for when yeah. it goes down. Right.
1: And Burakovsky is the kind of guy that makes your life easier where you don't have to go out exactly. and feel pressed into going and get that. He's the guy that... I think between the, the the two guys coming in that we said can they be top 6 guys? Jost and Burkowski. Yeah. And the answer with Jost is no. Pretty hard no. At I mean point. I mean like I love the process. I love the things that he does well. I consistently feel like there's potential
0: there. At what point are you Matt Calvert and you just don't quite have enough skill? Right.
1: But at what at what point is the lack of production where you're just like okay, like this guy just – he's not capable of producing those points. Yeah. You know, and that's – it's – God, it is fine to be a 35-point right. player in exactly. the NHL. That's like, really, 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 really good. Like, that's – every team needs those guys. Every team needs – they would take six of them if they could have them. If you could just guaranteed, oh, give me six 30 to 35-point guys off of, to start a franchise, they would do it. That's what Vegas did is that when they started their franchise, they said, we want six guys. We are we going to raise the floor and lower the ceiling and have all four lines just kind of wear you down. And that's where they were successful in year one, and then they went crazy on the skill. And now they're really, really good, and good for them. But <laughs> with a guy like Jost, you know, it's it's all about his draft position. Yeah. It's all about the fact the that he pedigree. was 10th yeah.
0: overall, and so was Miko. And the difference between them is enormous. It, we've talked about this many, many times, but Miko is such an outlier for the 10th well, overall and Miko, pick.
1: Miko, in the history of the 10th pick, which isn't really all that important it, either. It's not. Uh, it's just when you go and you look at the Joe's draft, there's really only one player that truly stands out as like, you should have taken that guy instead. And for me, that's McAvoy. But that's it. Yeah, it's like and you drop McAvoy under the current iteration of this team and you're like, you don't really. I'm not really I'm not going to say you don't need him,
0: but like he's a little he's a little extra. Everyone loves to have perfect hindsight when it comes to oh, draft day, right? Well,
1: and like you get a solid forward in Jost. like you get you have an NHL player. He's not a bust. If you want to call him a disappointment relative to draft position, that's fair. But you also look at the 2016 draft and it's full of those guys. Yeah. That just was not a. That was not. A, I mean, the you go, you go up. We had this Alex Nylander, You know, yeah. like
0: we had this conversation. Evan and I. We got asked, uh, is uh, Sam Girard a top ten player from that draft? And right now, the answer is probably right. And that's a guy who was picked in the second round, middle of the second round. Right. So there's a lot of swings and misses in that first round. Right, and
1: it's you know every class is different and. You know, you can't judge a cl- the the draft position of one guy from a class against another, especially when you're talking about the 15 draft, which is an all time great. Yeah, and all of this is just to go back to the point that Burakovsky has shown himself to be a top six ish player, Jost has not.
0: Right, no argument.
1: And that's just plays out in the numbers, in the in the production. You've got to produce. You've got to be able to find your way to points. You know, if you know did, did Burkovsky get lucky with kind of a ghost assist on the first one last night. Yeah, totally. It's but why isn't Joe finding his way right. to any of those? Exactly.
0: Good players find points. Right. That's just what happens. You'd Kale McCarr has 15 points because he has a ton of secondary assists, but right. he gets those secondary assists. He puts himself in a position to give players a chance to develop a goal. Look at the secondary assist he had in Dallas.
1: Yep. Where he makes the neutral zone play. Gets the pass up to Kamenev. Kamenev finds Comfort. Comfort scores. Bam. Not anything fancy, but... Nothing sexy, nothing crazy, nothing... Oh, my God, it's not going on highlight reel. I mean, the, the shot certainly will. Yeah. But, like, the rest of that play, is just that's just good, solid hockey. Right. You know, and Jost just doesn't... He does not find his way to those. Even the assist that he got last night almost felt like a gift. It really did. So, it was... You know, like, Jost is a fine player. He's fine for what he is. This is not a long-term guy... And to be honest with you, this is a guy that you may you you may not even protect in the expansion draft in two years at this point.
0: You're not wrong, especially with that contract Confer has now. Right, and
1: I mean, like with with Donskoy and Confer, you know they they're pretty much locked deals. up now. Like, right. yeah, right. And now if Burakovsky really does continue this, if Burakovsky continues to be that top six guy, continues to prove it. They give him a deal after this, you're protecting Burkovsky Comfort, donskoy Kadri McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog. That's your seven, and Joseph's on the outside looking in, and maybe he ends up in Seattle, and you know that's you just hate the way that, it goes. yeah, you're you losing wish, someone. you wish him well, you know, or you know we've talked to Zodorrov could be another good candidate there, but yep. like that's the conversation that you're having though is that right now. You cannot make a cogent argument. That Tyson Jost is is a top seven forward for the Avs. Uh, yeah, I I don't think you can either. Uh, he might be eight, he might be nine, but he has not stepped up so far. And like, obviously, we're sixteen games in,
0: still very well could.
1: Right. Like, and we always want to believe that tomorrow, you know, the the grass could be greener on the other side, and you know, the sun sun shines brighter, and the guy realizes his potential, and blah blah blah.
0: But he just he's
1: totally in line with his entire career right now. All of it.
0: Yep. It, there's He has enough of a track record now that there's some consistency to this. Yeah. And if this is what he is, like we said, that's fine. That's a perfectly good hockey player. I don't have any issues
1: with a Tyson Jost who gives you 10 well, to 15 goals per year and 10 to 15 assists per season. As a
0: quality 3C.
1: Right. Like, it's a little bit of a it's – a, it's he's – he from that point – from this point on, if the offense isn't going to be there, he's got to hone the defensive game Get much better at faceoffs, and <clears throat> you know, start to turn himself into a traditional three C. Yep, you've got to start to find that.
0: Otherwise, Shane Bowers and Vlad Kamen ever gonna, gonna take, take your, job. your job? Straight up, gonna take it. All right. Really briefly, a couple of negatives from this game, and then we'll end on a positive. First, my favorite stat ever: the ABS have hit more than one post a game so far this year with seventeen. Uh, real negatives to actually take here. Don't want to fault him too much. Franzos gives up four goals on 22 shots. Fourth goal, no defense. Yeah.
1: And it was 9-3. to three. Yeah, obviously to three, there like was here. a
0: lot of garbage time in this game. He only faced 12 shots in the first 40 minutes, so he never really got into the game either. Yeah. The Duchesne goal. Pretty unlucky. Yeah, with
1: kind of a weird bounce where it flips over his shoulder. And, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to fault him for that when we gave Grubauer kind of a pass on that. Yeah. Two days ago on a very similar play.
0: Yep. Um Second goal was just weak though.
1: First goal.
0: First goal
1: I'm trying to remember
0: it. You would have liked him to track the puck a little bit better. He got it was a shot oh, from outside yeah, from Ellis. Right. And, and that's what
1: I was saying. If you're a sub six foot goaltender, your puck tracking has to be elite. Right. Because you're not going to have just a size advantage where you can not see There's a puck a and just have it hit it's you. you yeah. Right, you've got to track pucks much better mm-hmm. when you when you lack that size. Yep. And uh, it's iffy. Like right. for me, that's like a you got to Those track are it better. Sometimes a lot of yeah. traffic though. But the problem with Franco's that I that I have is that that goal looked eerily similar to the ones that he gave up last year. Yep. You know, the 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 Brandon Peary floater in Vegas. But he just
0: never sees it. The Brad yeah.
1: Richardson floater in Arizona. Uh, and then that goal last night, like this has now started to become a thing that he gives up, are these long range goals that aren't you know, that, that Ryan Ellis shot was not a rocket. It was not it was it was well placed, but it's one that NHL goalies should probably stop. You know, there's traffic there, but he's he's gotta fight through that. It's not an excuse, man. You've got to work through it. Yep. And there was not, as far as I could tell, and maybe I just need to see an angle right behind the net, it did not look like there was somebody directly in front of him.
0: Macar kind of ended up and, there. But... And
1: Makar was like his screener. Yeah. But, like, there was also m- a guy that you should be able to work yeah, around. Yeah, there's moving parts going on there, too. And then the second goal is unaccepted. Yeah, that that, that should never bad. be a goal in the NHL. I, you know... I had a couple of people who were like, "Oh, Forsberg made
0: a nice play," and I'm like, "What did he do? He it really wasn't a nice play. It he, wasn't. He didn't do. I mean, he mishandled the anything. pass and it bounced away from him, so he just slapped it at the net. Right.
1: And like and they, it was not a dangerous shot. It yeah. should not have gone it. And then and his his own reaction. He was like,
0: "I'll take it." Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> you know, and that tied up a game. Knowing how it ended, we're all you know you kind of just let it go and you move on. But like. The abs are lucky that they blew up for a bunch of goals on a night where their goaltending one of the few nights where their goaltending has kind of let them down. Yeah,
0: just a little bit. I mean, if that's when you're going to have bad goaltending, take it. I guess
1: right. If you're gonna if you're gonna give up four goals and your response is going to be to score nine five, <laughs> <you're>
0: <laughs> yeah, fine. It's, you can live with that. One last negative: Nikita Zadorov obviously face injury. I expect we'll know more after practice today. Yeah. Um...
1: We were supposed to get an update today at practice. Um, We'll see how that goes. After the Brian Little stuff the other day, I'm a little freaked out. Yeah. Because, you know, Brian Little takes a puck to the face and you're like, oh, what's going on? And then it turns out it's like, oh, he had 20 to 30 stitches. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of stitches. Yep. And then it's like, oh, he has a concussion. And then it's like, wow, man, he really got hit hard. And, oh, now he has a brain bleed. And it's like, okay, this is significantly worse. Yeah. So I'm just hoping the best for, for Big Z out there. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's on the ice today with a shield or a bubble or something. And all is well in, in the world. Hopefully. Ho- uh,
0: yeah, hopefully. We'll end it off with uh, the quality, as I promised. Don Scoy's first ever hat trick. Dude already got over half of his career high end goals 16 games into this season. Find. Has so far every single one of the abs pickups, except for maybe Nichushkin has worked out.
1: Uh, yeah, I would say they've done. They have done what they've more or less been brought in for. I think Kadri is a slight
0: disappointment right now. I don't think he's a disappointment. I think he, there's more to give there, but he's producing okay. It's all right.
1: He really got put in a tough spot though. Like of all the guys that are in a are in a tough spot to continue to be who they are. Yeah. In their careers. Like this is a dude who's looking around at some of the line mates like, Oh, this is like earlier in my Toronto career before all my good teammates showed up. <laughs> you know, where he's he's trying to be a two C with Third and fourth line players next to him
0: until the Avs get healthy again, okay, right? And
1: like, and then you go back to Burakovsky and you go back to Donskoy and you are like, oh, now this is a I big, can work with this, yeah. Right. Like this is we saw those guys find chemistry. They've won a couple of games uh, together, you know. Yeah. Washington, great example mm-hmm. you know, last night, multiple points. So those are all guys that should be playing together when that top line gets healthy. You know, I think Kadri. So I say a slight disappointment, but understanding like that his situation might have been impacted the most by the injuries because yeah. he went from, hey, I might get top six guys next to me, to I am definitely not having the top six guys next to me now.
0: Right. Well, I mean, if there's significantly more to give from Kadri when this team gets healthy, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league. That's I, all I have to say. About I mean, it, really. that's
1: before the injury struck. They, they were, they were, they were, and that's so and that's that's the conversation. That, like, how, how much sorry, of that is for real? Yeah. That's the conversation that we're having. Is that when this team is healthy, it's one of the best in the NHL. They were proving it, man. They were going out there and they were beating teams down. Yeah, like straight we, up. We we mentioned it. What is last night was what the fifth time this year that they've scored six goals in a game. They
0: drop bombs on people. Like, that's what they do. They played sixteen games. Yeah, a third of them have seen them score six <laughs> goals. And they've won all of them so far this year when they scored. Oh, six. Right. None of the
1: <laughs> none of that seven to six in Vancouver yeah, nonsense right. last year.
0: All right. Final thoughts.
1: I mean, that was a that was the perfect game at the perfect time. All right. And I think it says and and I've I continue to say that I'm not worried about this team because I their buy-in, their belief in themselves separates this team from teams in years past. I'm not worried about them making the postseason. I'm not worried about Any of that, I believe that this team is very talented and that this team is set to to have a memorable season of some kind. Uh, And it's just a matter of weathering the storm. They've got to continue to do that. Last night was great, but that's one game. You got the two points. Two more points are on the line in 24 hours. You got to go out and do it again.
0: Yep. All right. So as the Avs try to move into that bracket of being a contender in the NHL. This is a tax bracket. It is a tax bracket. He's he's learning. He's I'm, learning I'm my transition. I've
1: been trying to figure out which read is
0: coming based on which angle that he tries to take in the transition. <laughs> we, so, I tried to jump Evan into this on, on Wednesday with the, the game changer and a little rough around the edges. Yeah, but still trying to figure it out. Yeah, we'll get it there. We'll get it there. <laughs> Yeah. But there is a new alternative for addressing your tax needs here in Denver. Symbio Tax and Administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own, and George over at Symbio Tax is a proud DNVR subscriber and diehard Avs fan. Whether you have a small business, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or if you just need to get your tax return filed, go to a qualified professional to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Call Symbiotax today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's S Y M B I O dot So literally just announced as we were getting to wrap
1: this up is that the Abs and Blue Jackets will participate in the Global Series next year. Oh. And we'll have a game in November in Finland.
0: Finland makes sense.
1: So, well, I mean, given all the Finnish connections between both the
0: two yeah, teams. right, then, exactly. Yeah. Now, because it's, it's Ranson and Ndonskoy now, and then obviously Columbus has Yarmo at the GM spot. Yeah. Now, they have to have at least one or two Finnish players, but I can't think of them off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, I would have to look at their roster again, but... Uh, yeah, it just says... This is later in the fall. Colorado and Columbus will face off in a pair of regular season games in at Hartwell Arena in Helsinki, Finland. All right. Well, there you go. So, Avs and Blue Jackets in the Global Series next year.
0: So, this is why you always stay till the end of the podcast because yeah. you get little details like this right well, up to the end. But that is going to close the show. A nice little note to end it on. As always, thank you for listening. A special thank you if you watched live. And we will talk to you again Monday, most likely.
1: We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market.
0: Sometimes customers will ask
1: us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician, where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have... Referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lot lighting. So really they have become a one-stop shop for
0: all of our needs.
1: If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303 646 5 or go to piperelectric.com.